Welcome to Salcedo Paranormal. It is Tuesday, November 29th, 2022. And tonight I'll be sharing true paranormal stories from the web. As always, you can find all the episodes of the show along with links to social media and other ways to contact me at the podcast page. And that is salcedoparanormal.podbean.com. That's S A L. S-I-D-O, paranormal.podbean.com. Always happy to hear from you all, whether you have comments or questions or topic suggestions, or if you have stories of paranormal experiences, whether they're your own or from others that you trust. Happy to either read those or have you join me on the show to talk about them. And um, so I will be doing two more shows this week. Again, um... I will only be doing one extra show a month from now on for at least a little while. but uh, So I've already done that for this month. But um, tomorrow will be a topic-based show, and then Thursday will be more paranormal news. And uh, so, and then um, again, I will be taking the last week off of December uh, just for the holidays and for to work on other projects. So, um, but that's a little ways away. So, but... Um, I think with that, I can get on to these stories here. I have four of them to share tonight. And so let me get to those. Um, here we go. Okay. So this first one says, It was in the summer of 2008 when my grandfather passed away. He always doted on me and my little sister and took us out to eat and to generally run around the town every weekend. So we were really close and familiar with him. When he passed, and a week or two after his funeral, I was in my room, just getting ready for bed. I am 100% sure I was awake. I was not yet in bed, but was looking around the room when a silhouette of a man's head and shoulders caught my eye like a clear outline to make it more easier to understand what I thought I saw. Thinking I was just seeing things, I went ahead and got in my bed and pulled the blanket around me. When clear as day, I heard my grandpa's voice, as well as warm breath, as if he was blowing on my forehead, kind of between my eyes. I never felt uncomfortable or frightened, and I remember rolling over and falling right to sleep after that, as if it was a feeling of pure benevolence. I could easily write this whole thing off as my imagination if it were not for my grandma's talking about the same exact thing happening to her a month or so later when when I was visiting her. I have read that things happening like this are actually rather common and people will sometimes even get phone calls from their deceased relatives. If any of you can explain to me what happened here or have a similar story, I would like to hear it. And that's where that story ends. Um, That is amazing considering two people having similar experiences there. 
and uh, <clears throat> excuse me. So, and that's not uncommon. People um, apparently being visited by their loved ones after they've passed. Definitely have had some a few experiences of that with it myself. So, um, thought that was a neat story there to share, and nothing bad about it. Just uh, apparently some kind of visitation. So, uh, neat little story there. Um, thank you all. I forgot to say this earlier. Thank you all for listening. I see you there in the stream. And I appreciate that. So, um, let me get on to this next story here. This one says... Oh, I lost my spot. I will tell you what it says in a second. Here we go. This says, a couple of years ago, I performed in a small town production of a play. We performed it in an old hall that was built right on top of an old military shooting range, dating back to World War II. You can actually still see all the dirt mounts, mounts excuse me, they shot at in the hall's basement, as well as some bullet casings still lying around. Anyways, lots of, a lot of the older folks in the cast who have done many shows in, the, in that hall Claimed it to be haunted. Ghost stories always excite me, so I love to hear about it. They mostly mentioned how there's this overwhelming sense of fear in the green room slash dressing room when you're alone at night. So most of them hated being the one to lock the place up after hours. During one show... There was a part when I was the only person backstage on the one side. We had big black curtains that blocked the audience from seeing the backstage whenever the door on that side of the set was opened. On that night, one side of the curtain moved very suddenly, as if someone had just opened the door and walked past. However, this was at a point in the script when nobody comes through that door other than myself when walking on stage. I thought maybe somebody did come backstage, but when I checked, there wasn't a soul near that curtain. And the way the curtain moved couldn't have been from any random gust of wind. I can't really explain it, but I kind of just shrugged it off at the moment, and joked to myself that the ghost just wanted to come see the show. So that's where that story ends. Excuse me. Um, it's amazing how many theaters seem to have paranormal activity in them. Um, so that is a really neat story there. I wonder um, if maybe the, the writer there had it right. Maybe someone was just there to. Uh, to listen to or to watch the play. So, um, neat story. And uh, I don't doubt it. You know, that again, that's just theaters seem to always have some kind of activity going on. I'd actually love to hear about a theater that is that um, people say does not have any stories of paranormal activity at this point. I would, I'd be curious if there, if there is one. There probably is somewhere, but. You never hear about that, it seems. So, 
Um, yeah, really like that one. And again, it's just possibly someone passing through or um, or just stopping by to watch the play. So, but uh, yeah, neat story. Let's see here. Lamas Frida says, man, the Fox Theater in Atlanta is very haunted. Interesting. Yeah, I believe it. Um, seems like most of them are. So, really is uh, quite the thing. I think it's just because of all the people that gather there. Again, these places where people are just constantly um, pouring out their energy, whether it's creative or however you want to look at it, but their thoughts and their, their so much of their focus is on stuff that's going on there and the sets and just everything. Um, so by the old custodian. Interesting. That's neat. So yeah, um, neat story there, and I don't doubt it. So now these last two are a little bit longer, but um, I think uh, they are still. It's almost better in a way because they are um, they're longer, so you get more details. So I'll start this third one here. This one says, "For as long as I can remember." I've never been able to escape the paranormal. Whether it be the television turning itself on at night as a child or imaginary friends, in quotes, my older sister and I could both see for years. There you go. That's something that happens too. Uh, sorry, but I just said that because I've heard that before in different shows. People that as kids thought they had imaginary friends, turns out other people around them once in a while, I would actually see these imaginary friends. So what's going on there? Anyway, sorry to interrupt the story, but that just cracks me up. Um, so it says, I've grown to become almost desensitized to anything out of the ordinary. Out of all the things that have come in and out of my current home, there's one being that's been here for as long as I can re remember. And quite the odd one at that. For simplicity's sake, I'll just refer to him as Old Man. He's often heard walking throughout the basement, mostly in the spare living room that connects to another spare room. He's not spoken a word to any of us, but he really seems to dislike my mother's best friend, as when she lived with us for a short while, he'd bang on the laundry room walls when she was alone in there, and she'd swear up and down that he'd told her to get out. Nobody else had ever been told the same. Typically, the most we'd get would be a whisper calling our names. And who knows if, if that was ever from him in the first place. So this was always perplexing to me. Personally, I think the old man is okay. He's been docile with my family and never removes things or bugs any of us. I've only seen him briefly here and there, but the description I have of him matches what everyone else in the house has seen of him, and everyone, except my mom's friend, can pretty much agree that he's harmless. When my room was in that spare room connected to the basement living room, I'd often come home to an empty house 
after school and crash for a couple of hours while waiting for anyone to come home. Sometimes I'd be so tired from staying up too late and having to get up so early that I'd fall asleep with the lights on. And in these cases, I wake up 90% of the time with the lights having been turned off for me. Nobody in my family ever admitted to doing it. And my parents really wouldn't have been the type to turn the lights off for me to sleep since they found my messed up sleeping cycle and daily naps to be frustrating. With both, both of my siblings being gone most of the time around then, it was also unlikely that they'd lie about not doing that for me. So, can, so I can only assume the old man was the one who helped me out with the lights. I've always wondered if perhaps he's some sort of guardian, yet the way he acted towards my mom's friend contradicts that since she's by no means a bad person or deserving of that. Though I can't even say for certain if the old man is the one who did that since she never saw him when the walls would be banged on. I wonder how many people have had similar experiences with a being acting hostile to some and then docile towards others. And that's where the story ends. And that is an amazing story, and I think they bring up good points as to it's hard to say for sure who was doing what. Um, especially if they acted one way towards um, towards one person and then the, but then the rest of the family, they're fine. I also wonder if it was some kind of a guardian thing, but they they were focused on the family, and it, they didn't like, for some reason or other, they didn't like anyone except maybe family members staying in that house. Um, I do think, too, that there are just people that have personalities that maybe just clash. You hear that sometimes where it's not necessarily that there's one person that's good and one that's bad. It's just you have different kinds of personalities that they can't they can't get along. Maybe there was something to do with that. Um, but again, like the writer says, they don't even know for sure that it was the same one. So, and if that's the case, then that sounds like it was a pretty active location. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's... Uh, that's quite the the story there, but I think it's amazing because it just shows you. Um, and I mean, even as bad as that was, I wonder too because the other than being frightened, nothing bad ever happened to this person. But so I wonder if it was some kind of guardian. Maybe maybe not just for the writer, but for the entire family. Um, and maybe they were just a little too devoted to. I don't know to um. Keeping that family, keeping that home just for family, and that was it. Um, so, really amazing story there, though, about uh, living with the paranormal and how it can, there can be a whole range of things going on there. So, thought that was a neat one. Um, let's see here. I'm looking at the chat here. Um. Uh, 
Lana Sweeney again. If I knew there was a benign ghost in my home and there was only one person that isn't liked, I may be inclined to keep a sharper eye on that person. Not saying the friend was bad, but if it were me, that's what I'd think. Yeah, I don't know. It's a lot of possibilities there. So, anyway, neat story. But, um, at least everything worked out in the end. So, that's the main thing, I guess. So, I have one last story here. And, uh, this is quite, um, this is quite on the edge almost of paranormal. So, we'll see what y'all think of this. This says, this is going to be a strange one. But this is the best place I can think of to try getting answers. And this is from a website, of course. It says, I apologize if the flare is not quite accurate. As a disclaimer, this is not a piece of fiction. I just tend to write in a narrative style. And I'm glad they say that because so often you hear that when people hear or read stories. If it seems too much like a story, then it gets discounted because of that. Um, which I can kind of understand, but also some people just write in that kind of way. So, anyway. This says, ever since I was very young, I have had these, for lack of a better word, I'll call them visions. They always start the same. I begin to feel this sense of epiphany. As if I am incredibly close to finding some fundamental truth about the universe. But this excitement is soon overshadowed by an awful, nameless fear. Until suddenly, something changes. I see this image in my mind's eye, one that has haunted me all my life. An endless plane of dust, as far as the eye can see, under a sickly sky. Breaking the horizon, there is a cluster of imposing black monoliths, connected by a forest of black wires. The world is silent except for the humming of wires and the howl of wind through the monoliths, which has always sounded like singing to me. I am overcome with this inexplicable terror, which breaks the image and pulls me out. After the end, I never remember what caused me to have that revelation in the first place, but I am left with this strange sense of sudden understanding. For a long time, I've been content to dismiss this as an overactive childhood imagination. However, as I've grown up, these experiences have continued, each leaving me with some strange piece of knowledge. Then I began seeing small but noticeable pieces of that world I saw reflected in the works of others seeming too specific to be coincidental. Cities of black monoliths, excuse me, I can speak, nests of humming wires, even a story which describes a dead clockwork world. A lot more of these exist, but they are too difficult to explain from the limited summary here. What really prompted me to try and learn more was when I was talking to a friend and discovered he had dreamed of the exact same place. I had never once talked about this with him before. 
or even mentioned similar ideas. It was just the exact same world, down to even the sound and emotions associated with it. He described it as fear of a concept. This mystery has haunted me for my entire life, and I'm looking for answers. Is there anyone out there with similar experiences? Most reading this will see it as nonsense, but if you've seen The City of Wires, you'll understand. <coughs> so, <coughs> excuse me, that is quite the, um, the story there, the possible experience. Um, and yeah, Derek, I, I was thinking of you when, um, when I saw this today. Hello, Derek, in the chat there. Because just the whole dream aspect of it and then the mutual dream aspect of it, the the way apparently they say they've seen stories about this in popular culture really is amazing. Um, I wonder if it is some kind of a... It seems to me like it's part of the concept. Is this possibly a fear of technology? Or something to do with technology, I wonder. It really is just odd. But it's amazing as well that there's this shared, apparently several people, um, that have had these ideas and thoughts similar to this. And um, I, didn't even, I, I forgot to read what Derek said here. Whoa, Cities of Dark Monoliths? Sounds like some Lovecraftian dreams. And yeah, it does. Um, but I just really think it's amazing because we've talked about this before in other shows, um, and just in, in voice chats, I'm not recorded, but just talking with friends and everything, um, Derek included actually, um, about this idea of, uh, people having access to this, this other, these other worlds or these other Signals or something. Um, I must we know, was it a dream or a waking vision? And they don't say. It makes it sound like in the writing that they were waking, but then the friend of the writer had dreams while they were asleep. And that's even more amazing, um, if that's the case. But, um, yeah. I figured I'd end with that one today because other than the fact that I've noticed similar things where um, where people seem to have similar ideas and thoughts without talking with each other and just seem to be connected to something, it, it seems like this is, this is um, a similar situation. Exactly kind of what we talk about sometimes, so. Um, let's see here. Yeah, that is that is neat. Um, Derek says there's a story going around the, the movie world about how James Cameron got the idea for Avatar from a dream. Um, and that is neat. And, and I, I believe that to be possible. Um, yeah, I don't know. And then it goes on to be, uh, let me see here, it goes on to be one of the highest grossing movie of all time, or the highest grossing movie of all time, and spawns, spawns an actual world at Disney. Wow. Okay. And that's, that's really neat. Huh. 
So that's uh, that's amazing. Um, Jazz Cabbage, thank you for being here. I've seen you there before, but I think maybe a first time comment. Uh, I've had some Lovecraftian type dreams, except I gave them light bombs and they hated it. They essentially kicked me out so they would not be destroyed. That's interesting. And I do think that's that's um that's possible as well. I mean, I don't I don't doubt that either. Um, makes you wonder. Seems like it must have been. I wonder if it was the fact that it was light, or if it was just your own energy that you gave that you you sent out there that um, kind of drove them away. And that's that's also amazing. So um, I don't I don't doubt that either. So, but yeah, that is um really neat. We may have to do a. I don't know, Derek. You and I may have to do a show on this whole idea of where to this this transfer this this um journey of ideas from dreams or from visions to the the quote unquote real world because it seems like this is happening more and more um but uh, at some point no rush or anything like that just add it to the list of things to talk about at some point but um okay so like uh jazz says again like anime style dragon ball z type light bombs because that's what came to my mind at the time, it worked. Yeah, well, and and that's, I think you have to use whatever works to uh, to keep yourself safe and to, uh, yeah, I I have no problem with that. So, wow, yeah, I've heard that before. Lama Spina, I've had a dream of unlocking the secrets of the universe, but when I wake wake up, I can't remember the thing. Yeah, I've heard that before. And other places. I, I feel like I've heard that people say that before. So, yeah, I figured you all would like this one because I like this one. I thought this was amazing. Twice it's happened. Wow. Yeah. Um, you know what's funny about that is, um, I, I think I reviewed it too. In um, Stephen King's novel, the, to- the Tommy Knockers, part of the thing that part one of the things that happens in that story is people that are kind of come in contact with this alien energy um they get these great ideas and but then if they leave the area if they break contact with this energy then these ideas fade away they don't they don't have them anymore so that's just made me think of that but uh yeah so i don't know really amazing there that that story and like I said, it's come up before in conversation, and so I'm not surprised. I really just wonder though what the uh, the monoliths and the wires mean. Again, I think it it seems like it must have something to do with technology, but maybe not. Maybe the wires. Here's an idea. Going back to a uh, <laughs> another show, Trouble Minds Radio. Um, I wonder if the wires are are actually regular wires or if they're tentacles. So that's something to consider as well, especially if the the writer did not see the source of these wires. So anyway, that's uh, this has been a fun show. Thank you all in the chat there as well for um, for adding to the whole discussion of that last story because I thought it was an amazing one as well. So, um, but that's all I have for tonight. Uh, thank you all for being here, and uh, I'll be back tomorrow night with uh, 
they look into the the world of the afterlife, the, the ancient views of the afterlife in Greece. So, continuing on with that, look into the paranormal and the ancient world. So, um, thank you all again, and I will talk to you tomorrow night on the next episode of Salcedo Paranormal. Take care, everyone.